Three hard years of persecution passed by for Joseph Smith after his first vision in the sacred grove. He was now 17 and had stayed true to his testimony even though he'd been left alone as if the Lord had given him the great gift of a revelation and then watched to see how he'd respond to it. Joseph said he'd been engaged in activities such as levity and associating with jovial company that he felt were not consistent with someone who'd been called of God as he had. He wrote that even though he'd not committed any major sins, he had, as most teenagers, frequently fell into many foolish errors and displayed the weakness of youth and the foibles of human nature. He felt condemned by his weakness and imperfections. Joseph's older brother Alvin was building a home, and by the fall of 1823, it was two stories high, but had no roof, so the family lived in a nearby small log house. Joseph and his brothers slept in a bedroom on the second floor, and on the evening of September 21, 1823, which, interestingly enough, was the fall equinox, or first day of fall, Joseph knelt and prayed for forgiveness of his sins and a manifestation to Noah standing before the Lord again, as he'd been told three years earlier he'd be a part of restoring the Lord's church on the earth. Joseph had full confidence in obtaining a divine manifestation since his earlier one in the sacred grove. He said that this was not just a casual prayer, and he'd been on his knees for hours before a light appeared in his room that gradually increased until it was lighter than at noonday. An angel named Moroni appeared standing in the air at his bedside and called him by name, just as Heavenly Father had done in the sacred grove. He wore a white robe and was glorious beyond description, with a countenance like lightning. Joseph was afraid when he first saw Moroni, but the fear soon left him. How excited Moroni must have been for this meeting that he'd waited 1,400 years for since burying the plates. It's interesting to think of this vision taking place while his brothers slept next to him. Imagine what they must have thought the next day when Joseph told them what they'd slept through. Moroni said he was a messenger sent from God and told Joseph that he'd been selected for a work and his name would be known for good and evil among all nations. Moroni told him about a sacred book written on gold plates that was buried near his home. It gave an account of the former inhabitants on the American continent and contained the fullness of the everlasting gospel given to them by the Savior. Moroni also told him about an instrument called the Urim and Thummim that would help him translate the Book of Mormon by the power of God. Joseph described it as two stones and silver bows attached to a breastplate, and whoever possessed and used them was a seer. Moroni's instructions to Joseph that night were added to the Doctrine and Covenants as Section 2 in 1876, along with 26 other sections. He quoted and expounded on many Old Testament prophecies, including Malachi, Isaiah, and Joel, and revealed many things concerning the inhabitants of the earth, which since have been revealed in commandments and revelations. Joseph said that Moroni quoted as many as 30 scriptures that night about the latter-day work ahead of him, the Lord's second coming, priesthood keys revealed by Elijah, the importance of the promises made to the fathers and their children, and New Testament scriptures about the Savior. He quoted some of these differently than were in the Smith's family Bible and emphasized new insight to Joseph about the keys and covenants that were being restored to the earth. 
Some scriptures Moroni quoted are so important that they are found in all four of the standard works, which means we should pay attention to them. Moroni said that the prophet Elijah would reveal the priesthood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Elijah held the greatest power given to man, that of sealing power, which is the power to bind on earth and have it bound in heaven, and puts the stamp of approval upon every ordinance that is done in the church. Doctrine and Covenants section 2 verse 2 says that Elijah will plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers, and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers. These fathers refer to our ancestors that have passed away without receiving the gospel, but with the promise that in time they would have this privilege. The spirit of Elijah's promise refers to the great work being done on this earth to find and perform ordinances for our ancestors in the temple. If this work was not done, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming or denied its purpose of sealing and exalting families. After Joseph's first vision in the sacred grove, this was the next very important revelation he received. Moroni quoted and explained many other scriptures that Joseph said he could not write about. He warned Joseph that he must only show the plates and the Urim and Thummim and breastplate to those he was commanded to. In his mind, Joseph was given a vision of the exact place where the plates were buried, and Moroni then ascended up to heaven. Joseph must have been overwhelmed. And as he tried to understand all he'd been told, Moroni returned and repeated his message, adding that great judgments were coming to the earth, with great desolations by famine, sword, and pestilence in this generation. He left again, and Joseph said sleep had now fled from his eyes, and he lay astonished at what he'd seen and heard. Moroni came a third time, repeated the same message, and warned that Satan would tempt him to use the plates to get rich, and he must have no other object in getting them than to glorify God and build his kingdom, or he could not get them. A rooster crowed, and Joseph realized Moroni's visits had lasted all night. He got up to do his work and was probably as overwhelmed from this experience as he was tired from a night of no sleep. His father saw how tired he was and sent him home. Joseph collapsed crossing a fence and lay helpless. Moroni appeared a fourth time with the same message he'd already given three times before and told Joseph to tell his father what had happened. His mother said that when the messenger visited him again, he asked, Why did you not tell your father that which I commanded you to tell him? Joseph replied, I was afraid my father would not believe me. And the angel said, He will believe every word you say to him. His father did believe him, wept, and said, It was a vision from God. Attend to it. Joseph went to a hill three miles from his home, where in his mind he'd seen where the plates were buried in a stone box under a large stone. He pried up the rock and then reached down and tried to take the plates from the box, but was shocked. He tried two more times with the same result and cried out, Why can I not obtain this book? Moroni appeared and said, Because ye have not learned to keep the commandments of the Lord. Joseph had yielded to Satan's temptations to have the plates for riches, instead of having his eyes single to the glory of God as he had been commanded. On the way to the hill, he thought of all he could do with that much gold, and said, I had been tempted of the adversary to obtain the plates for getting rich, and therefore I was chastened. Moroni said the time for bringing them forth had not yet arrived. It would be four more years, and Joseph needed to come back in exactly one year until he was ready to take the plates. 
He went home, and that evening he told his family all that had happened to him. Joseph went back to the same place each year and was taught by Moroni about his work and the Lord's kingdom in the last days. Each time the family hoped he'd come back with the plates, but the young prophet needed to be prepared before he was entrusted with them. On his second visit to the hill, Moroni said, You must take them into your hands and go straight to your house without delay and lock them up. Joseph pried up the rock and then lifted the plates out of the stone box. He thought of how valuable the other things were, and he should hide them before he went home. He set the plates down and turned to cover the box. But when he looked back, they were gone, and he fell to his knees and pleaded to know where they were. Moroni appeared and said that he'd failed to follow directions again. He'd not only set the plates down before safely securing them, but also let them out of his sight, and he was not yet ready to protect them. He came back weeping with discouragement, and his father asked, Did you get them? No, I didn't. Did you see them? Yes, I saw them. Well, I'd have gotten them if I'd been in your shoes. You do not know what you say. The angel of the Lord would not let me have them. I'm sorry. His mother wrote that between 1823 and 1827, Joseph received many instructions from the Lord by heavenly messengers, including Mormon, Moroni, Nephi, other Book of Mormon prophets, and Peter and John. In 1825, Joseph hired out to work in Pennsylvania and stayed with Isaac Hale's family. He courted his daughter Emma, and they were married in January 1827, in spite of her family's disapproval. They went back to the Smith's family farm in Manchester to help with the work, and in September the time arrived for Joseph to go back to the Hill Cumorah one last time. The family was very nervous, as Moroni had given him an ultimatum. You have one more year, Joseph, to make sure you are willing to resist the temptations or you will not ever get them. The Book of Mormon was the most important treasure of an entire nation, prepared during a thousand years of history, and Joseph needed to be ready to protect it. Long before sunrise, he and Emma went to the hill. She stayed with a horse and wagon, and Joseph climbed up for his final interview with Moroni. He was given the plates, the Urim and Thummim, and breastplate, and was warned to be responsible for them, or he would be cut off. But if he did all he could, they'd be protected. Joseph dared not bring them home because of all the threats, so he hid them in a log for several days. Everyone in the area knew this important date, and many people wanted this buried treasure. Joseph had to move the plates often, sometimes just minutes before those wanting to take them arrived. He hid them under the hearthstone of their fireplace and under a wooden floor, but was prompted to move them to a loft just before his enemies tore up the floor. By doing all he could to follow Moroni's exhortation and follow the Spirit, the sacred records were kept safe. To escape persecution and begin translating, he was forced to move to Harmony, Pennsylvania, 130 miles away. Martin Harris gave him $50 to help with their move, and Joseph hid the plates in a barrel of beans in his wagon. Away from daily persecution, he now needed to learn how to translate the characters written in reformed Egyptian. He had the plates for many months before he was able to translate the first page. He worked on developing his gift, and eventually he finished the translation near the end of June 1829 and gave the record back to Moroni.